Forgotten Flicks remembers The Amazing Mr. Blunden, 1972. I wonder if I might ask you both a question. I hesitate because it's rather an unusual question and I want you to consider it seriously. Of course, sir. You're far away. Yes, far away. Do you think you'd be afraid if you saw the ghost? I, I think, quite honestly, sir, I'd be a little bit scared. I think it would depend on what sort of ghost it was, sir. I mean, if it was just wandering around in a white sheet moaning a bit, well, it would be all right, wouldn't it? But if it was one of these skeletons with no head and a nasty grin, well, that's different, isn't it? Can't grin if you've got no head, stupid. Exactly. Anyway, I have very good reason to believe there are no such visions. No, these ghosts would appear to you... Very much like ordinary people. Children, perhaps. Children of your own age. Or even an old man. Such as myself. We wouldn't be afraid of a ghost like that, would we, Lucy? I mean, well, you wouldn't know they were ghosts, would you? Unless, of course, you could see through them. I mean, right through them. And even that wouldn't be very scary. If their heads were in the right place. Sometimes ghosts are people who come back seeking help. We would help if we could. Hello and welcome to Forgotten Flicks Remembers. I am Joel and for this Extra special episode. I am joined by Peter. Hello. And not Daryl. Hello. <laughs> Hammond is here because <laughs> apparently Daryl really hated podcasting with him the last time Hammond was on. Yeah, well, it I'm happens. Just, I'm kidding. No, Daryl is apparently, I think, uh, what was the last report? Peter was... Loving shopping. He was on a shopping spree. Was that the? No, no, what was not he? this time. No, he wasn't. What was wasn't he doing? He? I thought he was, he was watching. Shopping. Uh, no, he was oh, watching the, the original thing? Star Wars. Yeah, was this the whole? But yeah, the, the 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 whole trilogy. The lady friend who had never experienced it was that. The, yes, yes, okay. yes. I find it interesting yeah. that that Daryl would even um, entertain dating someone who had never seen Star Wars, but we'll go with it. Yeah, well, you know, everyone has their faults. I, I, work, I worked with several people. I, I worked with several people in corporate America who they would tell me they had never seen Star Wars, and I pretty much just walked away. Yeah, it's best. It's best as you do, as you do. And yeah. then they say, "But those slowly, prequels were awesome." Shaking your head. <sighs> no, I tisking, just, tisking as you do it. Well, yeah, of course. It, yes, in that in that self righteous, holier than thou, geeky way that we are wont to do. So yes, uh, as I said, I am Joel Peter Hammonder here with me. We are talking the amazing Mister Blunden, a movie I didn't know existed until Hammond made me aware of it. <laughs> I literally, yeah. this is perhaps. Let me think. Okay, I'm done thinking. This is perhaps the only movie we have covered in almost five solid years that I can tell you. I had no. I, I never saw a clip of it. I never. I never even heard of it yet from a very minimal amount of research that I did this movie is apparently very very popular 
in its home country, and which uh, it's it's an English mo- uh, movie, right? Wasn't it Pinewood in the, where they? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. uh, Hemdale. <clears throat> Hemdale was the company behind putting it out and so yes it's uh i'm also very thankful i will get into whether or not i'm thankful for having 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 uh, sat through it but i am thankful because you've given me yet another reason to say hello governor <laughs> which i know we have maggie, a couple maggie, of maggie i'm Ma- sorry maggie and jay <laughs> I'm, i know no, you're I'm out sorry. there i'm sorry max <laughs> and 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 you guys are loving every minute of it hello hello okay. hello I don't even know what the hell that was. That was that was that was even by my standards that was awful. All right. I am sorry, not my fault. Ah, it's good stuff. So yes. The amazing Mr. Blunden. Blunden, yeah. Hammond. Uh, Yes, sir. Why did you want to cover this movie? I remembered really, really enjoying this when I saw it in a theater when I was in uh, I want to say fourth or fifth grade. It was one of those matinees, and I think it was like late seventies when I saw it. Huh. And it was one of those uh, drop your kids off at the theater and they'll see a movie while you go out and do something else kind okay. of matinees. Okay. And and uh, I walked out of it, and I tried to explain the movie to my mom, and she didn't. I wasn't very good at explaining it, but it. Tickled her, you know, she she had enough curiosity that we went to go see it the following Saturday together, and both of us walked out again, really enjoying it. And that's the way I remembered it. So that's why I thought it'd be a good idea um, to bring it to you. Well, and uh, I'll I'll reserve my comments as to whether or not I'm actually happy that you did. I will say that. Apparently in the UK, at least according if, if the message boards are to be believed, this gets played almost yearly, if not yearly, and usually around Christmas time, which is fitting considering the tone and the time period the movie takes place in. But before we get into all of that, I do want to say anybody that's new to Forgotten Flicks or slash Forgotten Flicks remembers, we spoil the crap out of movies. If you've not seen this, I would suggest you pause right now, and my guess is other than other than Mags and maybe Jay and like three other people who who may be listening right now, none of you have. And <laughs> I'm just I, you know I'm making an assumption here. I may get a bunch of emails, but I'm probably right on that. It is available on DVD. So where? Yeah, was I it actually on Amazon was it? Really? Yeah, I okay. bought it on Amazon. Oops, I guess I tipped my hat. Yeah, I've owned it for years. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, because uh, it obviously I watched it off of. YouTube initially is what I was going to watch it, and then thankfully Peter stepped in because I was going to have to. Yeah, YouTube pulled it. <laughs> yeah, pulled it. Which I think they got caught rumor we were getting ready to do the show. That's what it was. Yeah, uh, as always. Yeah, they get their their spies listening in. Well, I, I find it interesting that of all the movies that get pulled, the ones yeah. that do sometimes, it's like really that's which okay, we'll go with it. So. I'm trying to think of where to begin. So yeah, so if you're uh, first off, if you're if you're new to the show, we're going to spoil the crap out of it. So please stop listening. Watch the movie. You can find it in piece. It's in parts on YouTube. So if you don't want to pay for the DVD, Peter, had you seen it before? I had never heard of it before. Ooh, look at me winning! You are winning yeah. because I'm going to tell you right now to get Peter to not only not see it because actually this is the second movie in a row Peter had not seen that I yep. am surprised. This one I'm less surprised you hadn't seen Peter, but I'm more surprised you had never 
heard of it because yeah, never heard of it. I figured you would have at least heard of it. But yeah, Last American One Virgin, Peter had never seen. So yeah, nope. and <laughs> that's to his credit. <laughs> well, we, we, see, Peter actually didn't uh, had the same feelings that I did. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Wait, remember the movie we're talking about tonight? <laughs> Okay, all right. I, I don't know if we want to cross pollinate Last American Virgin <laughs> with the amazing Mr. Blunden. I'm just going to throw that out there. <laughs> that, that, might would be, be that would be boring for both parts. It would be very awkward. I suppose they're both good porn titles The Amazing Mr. Blunden. <laughs> That's yeah. true. Good point. <laughs> it's, like a Mr. Ma- it's like a Mr. Magoo porn. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Magoo porn. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Let's have Peter do the synopsis because you, I'd like to hear his point of view. Okay, Peter. Oh wow! Without giving without giving it all away. Okay. Well, let's see. Uh, it starts up with Mister Blondin going to visit. Uh, uh, oh, I will put their last name. Uh, Allen, the Allen family. Yes, yeah, so that sounds about right. Apparently, living in squalor, poor, uh, with two. She has three children, and he makes a. Uh, uh, well, she's a war widow, I think. Her husband uh, got killed in the war. Anyway, uh, not important. Uh, he makes a suggestion that sh- he they have an old uh, mansion, I suppose you could call it, that she that her job could be to take care of it, and they could kind of get out of uh, out of the poverty. So to speak, and they they the, the job is only to look after the building. Don't have to do anything because there there is someone like taking taking care of the house. So basically, that's it. And when they arrive at the house, well, okay, as you heard in the the clip, he uh, mentions that there might be ghosts walking around. Mm-hmm. So of course there is, and the kids. Uh, uh, well, uh, damn it. Yeah, I was only thinking of Lynn, uh, Lynn Frederick, her, her real name. Mm-hmm. Uh, damn it, what was her name? Lucy. Lucy, Lu- yeah, Lucy, Lucy and yeah. Jamie. Yeah. Uh, uh, one day sees the, the ghost of the two children who apparently died 100 years ago. Mm-hmm. And the mystery thickens. Much like the amazing Mr. Blunden. <laughs> <laughs> wow, going back to the porn title again. Huh? Uh, and see, and, and we're talking about... One of the great actors of all time, in Lawrence uh, Naismith. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. Re- I recognized him, but I couldn't place him. Yeah, he's uh, been in everything. Yeah, he's yeah. a great actor. He really was. Uh, I will say, regardless of how I come down on this movie, one way or the other, should we? Should we? Should we do it on the front end? Do would that make you feel better, Hammond? To really know, I, I, I I'm fine either way. I I'm I'm good either way. I think I actually should say this on the front end because I. Drawing out the snark and and oh, does do I like it? Like anybody care? Like there's actual suspense involved, whether or not I give a crap. Like anybody gives a crap, whether or not I like the movie or not. I loved it. I mean, well, loved good. It, loved I'm it. really happy. I I am thankful. It was it was yeah. actually after Last American Virgin. It was like cleansing the palate. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, Vince. Um, <laughs> no, it was. It's nothing like that movie at all. Actually, apples and oranges, but. No, I really was pleasantly surprised. I expected- See, and I did that for you, and you did Halloween 3 for me. Really? Um, I was going to point out you've almost made amends for Trick or Treat. Because <laughs> 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 I do recall really? that was your call. It was. 
And I, I, as soon as it was over, I turned to my wife and said, wow, Hammond's almost made up <laughs> for his recommendation of trick-or-treat. Are you ever going to let him off the hook? Never. No, okay. I, I don't blame him, to be this, honest with this you. This is close. This gets him almost completely off the hook. So this, this <laughs> was, No, and I watched it with my kids. Did they like it? They loved it. Seriously. Good. All, now, my five-year-old, there's a couple points, because it's, it's a slow burn. It's an, it's an old-fashioned, uh, gothic-y, ghost story slow burn. But my nine-year-old and my almost eight-year-old, they were riveted. And I, and, and I asked them to, to so we could tell the, the good peeps out there what they thought. My, eight, well, my almost eight-year-old Connor, he says to me, I thought it was cool, scary, and fun. And, and and how do you put it? And an action fan and a good action fantasy. Oh, he is so your kid. <laughs> I was like, okay. Now they did conclude that the scary thing was not any of the ghost stuff. It was specifically, and obviously, I don't want to give it away yet. And we'll get to it. But the whole burning, you know, burning down the house, uh-huh. the, the way the one person is acting, that's uh, helping him. that all transpire. Mm-hmm. That freaked them out the most, I think, of anything, just because he was so, you know, cuckoo. So, yeah, that was the one thing that was. I the, thought you were going to say it was the mole. The mole. Oh, yeah. yeah. Although, by the way, we I want us to get in the cast. And actually, Hammond, if you don't mind, leading us in a in a round of who's in this movie. <laughs> but just so we could jump to that soon here, um, has anybody else look up what Mrs. Wickens looks like in real life? Yeah. Yeah, her, uh, her, uh, Dear, it's, uh like, it's like Charlize Theron and Monster. Yeah, her, different. her DV photo, DB photo, she's a looker. Uh, she, yeah, you go, she was like, she, they called her the Marilyn Monroe of the UK, apparently. That was some, so for her to be from that, did you, Peter, did you look her up at all? Uh, yeah. Okay, so you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. I was surprised. That's all I'm, because that, that was good makeup slash acting. Yeah, yeah. I would not. Before have got we get that. too far down that path, I do want to bring up at the very beginning of the movie when um, they've moved to the bad part of town, and Mister Blunden's walking down the street. They pass some kids singing in the street. Oh yes, I wrote that down. Yeah. The first time it freaked my kids out. One of my kids that goes, was a creepy, creepy song. Oh, I know. And I what did it? Hold on, did I write down any of the words? It's all about dying. Yes, it was. It was about children yeah, yeah. dying. And yeah. one of my kids, I put opening nursery rhyme. Yeah, Elfrey, my Parker, my uh, my uh, almost six year old, he actually went. That was freaky because <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a little bit like a ring around the rosy mixed with some, Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, mixed yeah, mixed yeah. with Nightmare to the yeah. kids in Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, they were singing something about kid, children dying and just and it was at night and they're in, in this street. Going around a pole, it was weird. Yeah, empty, rundown part that's, of town. Th- yeah, yeah, and that's the thing about this movie that I be personally I liked is it has that there. It's an aesthetic. It's that European seventies creepy atmospheric just look and feel about it. I love that. I love that. It actually, look. it actually to me feels like if Hammer Films decided yes. to make a children's yes. movie. I was going to say that too. It felt very much Hammer to me in parts, which is fitting because if I'm not mistaken, and what was her name? The actress that played Bella, Madeline Smith. Mm-hmm. Was she in a couple? I know she was in a couple of horror films. Were some of them Hammer? I'm pretty sure some of them were Hammer, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Taste the Blood of Dracula. Yeah. yeah. yeah there more we go. That. Yep. 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 Uh, what else? The Vampire Lovers. Yep. 
Yeah, but Frankenstein. Monster from Hell. Yeah, it was Theater so, Blood. Yeah. Theater Blood was Hammer, right? Was that Hammer? Uh, Hammer time. Um, it might be. I'm not sure. Okay, so Peter, did you like it? Oh yeah, you never ask me. <laughs> uh, well, the thing is. Oh what? Uh oh. Uh, Hold on. Record. No, I can't even. I can't even do this. I, I, I really like this one. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say what? The- I, I actually feel like this warm tingling, like I did something good in the world. You really did, because I'm gonna tell you right now. If Peter had come back that he didn't, I seriously would have questioned humanity because. <laughs> <laughs> this guy is like the sweetest. I will give almost any movie, no matter just to how how it is. I will give it. I'll find the good in it. And it's like this movie's actually good. Yeah. <laughs> if you had come back and yeah. said, "Yeah, I don't know," there was just something about the the way the kids yeah. did smart heroic like the, things. Yeah, I, I just like really the hated way that. The baby acted. Yeah, yeah, the baby was. The baby he, act, he has yeah. one credit on IMDb. Yeah. That kid, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It showed. It showed. Especially <laughs> at the end when he waved at the camera. Come on. <laughs> I love the curtain call feel of the end. I did too like that. I liked it. Right it's, like, it's like a, a play. play. It was totally Almost. like a play. Oh, my ki- my yeah. kids were a little confused. Like, why are they waving at us? <laughs> why, why, why are they saying? I mean, when one guy stare, stares at the camera for a few minutes, it almost went yeah. too long. He goes, yeah. And I said, he goes, cheerio. <laughs> that would be Tom. Right? Yes, yes. Yes, that was Tom. Yes. So, uh, I like the fact that it had this very uh, lion, the witch in the wardrobe feel to it, mm-hmm. where there was this That's another good comparison. A children kind of experiencing this kind of magical thing on their own, yeah, yeah. and yep. affecting the world, like empowering the children, kind of mm-hmm. thing. And I, I really, I forgot how good this movie flows. Mm-hmm. And how solid of a story it is and how they deal with some of the like weird time travely things in ways that other films have forgotten or just have not done in a while. Yeah, I mean, uh, to, to the film's credit, oh, oh, wow, I call it a film, the movie's credit, <laughs> um, I got so sucked into this that I only have one note written. <laughs> I just forgot to I really notes. don't have very many notes either because I pretty much the same thing. I actually was watching the movie. Yeah. I had to yeah. watch it twice to get it to get one full page of notes. Okay. <laughs> and, well, and this will be the shortest episode one. in the last uh, four years, guys, because we're going to be like, yeah, we really liked it. You should watch it. Yeah. <laughs> the end. <laughs> the end. Didn't you do that with Clue? Clue, I no, because Clue, my hang up with Clue was I watched it and You've seen it so many times, right? I'd seen it so many times yeah. as a kid that I I still love it, but I was and I didn't think it was C and D because the movie still felt like it was a well made movie, but it wasn't that funny to me anymore because I just knew every joke before it landed and I just I don't know it was I remember feeling a little off with that. No, oh, okay. this is this is probably one of the I, I really I have nothing of uh, there's only one thing and I'm sure we'll have to get to it before the end, which is how the logistics of what ends up happening at the very, very end with the them getting the place and the reason for why they got it. Like, how does that work? But that's the, the classic time paradox thing, which supposedly, if the forums are to be believed, is explained better in the book. Because this is based oh, on really? a novel. And that's something I actually wanted to do, is I actually am contemplating buying the book to read it. Is it available anywhere? Because the people in the forums made it sound like it was a hard one to get a hold of. Well, I'm on, I'm going to start looking. Yeah. Yeah, being a book lover, you don't even have to contemplate. Just buy it. Yeah. Damn it. Yeah, yeah. I buy books all the time. I don't, even though I have, I don't know, literally a thousand books I haven't read yet in my library, I just still need more books. 
I, just I, buy it. Don't contemplate it. Just just find it. Buy it. Buy it. Damn it. Buy it. I'm sure. I you'll love find the it. fact that they they bring up some of the classic things like the you know the the children are able to see the ghost because they have yeah. this power to believe still. Yes. yes. And then you throw in uh, the girl, Bella. The, the new yeah. wife, Bella. Yeah. Bella. Yeah. And they say they specifically say she has the mind of a child, and so she yes. sees. Yes. She sees them, but only and, but tra- they're transparent. She yeah, they're transparent. Yeah, and so yeah. To- I mean they they really cover all their bases with that kind of stuff what i loved okay so just to make sure we set this up because peter did a great job with the basic synopsis but when these two kids get to the manor and the girl goes exploring and oh and that's the other thing i love that they were smart that they didn't the things that they looked into i mean it was out of curiosity so it wasn't a a situation where the night before she had heard chainsaws going off in the man she's like oh let me go check this out in the middle of the night it was nothing like that you know she goes there she's it's daytime and that was the other thing i loved the daytime stuff because it still was there was a haunted quality to it but Mm -hmm. but because it was so well lit it wasn't this in my the, the only note i have is this and it fits what we're talking about now the place is a bit run down to say the least. Yeah, it was, yeah. I, I love the fact that they go to open the gate, even though there's no oh, fence. Yes. And, and yeah, then I the know. post just it falls just over. Apart. And that was the <laughs> other thing I wrote down was how there's little, there's smart little moments between characters. When the minister is uh, talking to his congregation, he says something about the impurity of thought, and he gives he shoots. Uh, although I'll look to the keyboard player, yeah, I, I put down the male. I put down male organist, and then I realized how that. When I looked at it on my paper, I'm like male organ. Wait, that doesn't look right. Uh, but the, yes, the male the male keyboard player. He gives him this look, and the guy gets that look on his face momentarily, just real quick, like a oh, what? Why are you looking at me? You know. Like, what? <laughs> so yeah, it was great. There was those little tiny moments peppered throughout. So the kids. Are smart. They they're they're curious. About, you sh- you shouldn't really walk into places like this alone. I mean, I have visited a lot of uh, rundown places like this. Uh-huh. Uh, a little bit of a hobby, and you you shouldn't really no, go in. Very alone dangerous. Because, uh, yeah, but in nineteen eighteen, yeah, I get why yeah, a four, yes, fifteen year old girl would be interested to just check it out and see what's going on i get it so she goes in and she starts that was one of the creepier moments i could see the my kids getting a little tense because you hear these whispering voices which i want to go back and watch can you hear what the voices are saying uh like can you tell if is that sarah in in georgia no you just hear kind of laughter but then you can then you you hear them more like you, she, someone calling Sarah, Sarah, and they, they talk about the attic and yes. go hide quick and stuff like that. But from so the beginning, it, you can't really hear anything. But here's the question I have. Are those voices that she's hearing just Sarah and Georgie, or is it also her and her brother from when they'll end up there later? Uh, I, I, think it's, I think it's all of them, to be honest with you. So it's essentially foreshadowing uh, what will end up happening. No, not a, yeah. Not mention it. That's awesome. If that's if that is that, that is freaking even makes it better in my opinion. If they actually if that's there like that, I have to go back and watch. I don't recall, but so she goes through, and then who is the woman, the older woman that's there? She was the one that was supposedly. Yeah, the the she was the the maid kind of looking after the place. Okay. Yeah, she was one of the people who was hired, like to actually yeah. do the work okay. to try to keep the place from falling down. Because I don't, she doesn't come back into play at all. Nope. No, so that, all. that threw me a bit. Did do a very good job anyway. So. Who the actress? No. Yeah, because she, she tried to dust that spider web yeah. off the portrait, uh-huh. and it just stayed there. <laughs> well, you look at the whole house. It's, yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't know what her job would be exactly. <laughs> just being oh, and, creepy. 
Yeah. And they also uh, they they played the harbinger guy in the uh, the guy who takes care of the cemetery. Oh yeah, he's the harbinger. He's the yes. warning oh, yeah. crazy Ralph. exposition guy. Yep, he is. It's your Ralph. You're all doomed. <laughs> And he yep. held up an eyeball right at the camera for 3D effect. Yeah, yeah, he's 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 the harbinger guy. Yeah, you're right. He was. So the the kids while they're playing, you know, they're 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 frolicking about. The girl goes off. Lucy goes off by herself, and this fog rolls in. And again, it's daytime, which I loved. Uh, yep. J- Jason piles on the horror movie podcast. He le- he talks about horror in the daylight. And I, yeah, I like that. I, I like that idea. And that's what it has is that it's foggy and it's really brightly lit, but yet there's this creepy, dark atmosphere to it. So the, you start to see this faint image of this boy and girl. It turns out they come toward Lucy. She runs off at first, gets her brother. They come back. And these kids, Sarah and Georgie, it turns out, are the kids from 100 years ago. And the assumption is that they're just ghosts that they died in the house well as the story unfolds i know here's the thing i know i said the thing at the beginning about spoilers i actually don't want to give away anything major just in case because i'm sure somebody will listen to this and i really would feel bad for somebody to lose out on that feeling yeah because it was there's cool twist to it this is this is this is kind of this is i'm glad you guys are having this experience because this is the closest thing i think you guys could have to a sixth sense experience yeah, where you in don't, this day yeah, and age. Yeah, where you don't know what's yeah. because I mean that's this proves to me yet again why I just need to go into every movie as completely and utterly clueless with no expectation because it makes a huge difference to me when that happens. Yeah, but but again, it, it kind of what I've kind of recently thought of it. It kind of only works with these older movies because new movies you get saturated by trailers and yeah. images and everything. Yeah, and you you can't really get away from it other than just to, other than yeah, just to go cold turkey and not and you see yeah, anything don't leave, don't leave your house don't talk <laughs> to anybody but i mean that gets kind of weird after a couple of yeah, months well it depends on how bad you <laughs> want to stay spoiler yeah free, Peter. <laughs> yeah no, but i mean the, the, the older movies you don't really get that no which is uh, which was uh great with this one i really hope nobody if this is ends up being a shorter episode just because we don't have anything to be snarky and goofy about and rail on about, you know, oh, it's like the Wraith where he gives the kid, his brother, the murder weapon. Ha ha. Hey, we don't have any of that. Shut up. <laughs> we don't have any of that. <laughs> we don't have any of it. And therefore, this is going to end up being this hour long or less episode, which for us is relatively short. And I'm worried somebody will see that. No. Yeah. No, this, it's because no. it's actually good no. and we have nothing to joke about. Well, I can say that. That potion, it reminded me of the potion that uh, Ash has to drink at the end of Army of Darkness. That's true. And I was wondering if they drank too much or too little, if it was sent them to the wrong spot. Oh, interesting. Oh, yeah. I never thought of that. I thought it had to to do with longevity or something. The less you drank, the 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 shorter your uh, your Your time time travel. That's what I took it as, yeah. But still, that's what I thought, though, is the first thing. What if they went somewhere else? Yeah. There's a couple of key plot elements to this movie that we don't want to spoil. And as Peter pointed out earlier, don't read the IMDb description or anything there. Just avoid it. Just go find the movie. Watch it. If you haven't seen it or if you're inclined to see it, if you want to see it with your kids, whatever. And then go back and read all that stuff. But This is where we, we kind of shut up for an hour and a half, just radio silence. Yeah, we don't do an hour and a half show, just nothing. Yeah. Just, I, just, I'll, hmm. I'll bring something up. I loved the music. Elmer Bernstein yes. did a 
great job with the music. Well, it's, first off, he's not too shabby as a no, <laughs> film composer. <laughs> I mean, did, do you go through his his credits? I, I, oh, yeah. I, I his name is very known. I mean, just as soon as I, oh, Elmer Bernstein. That was actually it's funny. At the very beginning, two names jumped out at me: Elmer Bernstein, and then I said, "Wow, Barry Levinson." <laughs> Barry Levinson produces, and then I clicked on Mr. Levinson's IMDb to realize it's a different Barry Levinson. <laughs> it is not. Yeah. It is not the other guy. So yeah, just, about Elmer Bernstein, I just wrote down. It takes too long to read his credits. Yeah, he, people he, just yeah. have to look him up. Yes, yes, he's uh, he, he he is definitely one that uh, you just go through and you're like, wow, like the Cape Fear, the remake from '91. I love that score. He did that one. Uh, Glorious Bastards. I'm just reading off the top of IMDb here. My Left Foot. That's what I said. Take uh, Ooh, there's a... There's one I haven't seen in a long and then, time. And then sort of randomly, Spies Like Us and Legal Eagles. <laughs> oh, okay. Legal Eagles actually had some really good music. I need to, You know what? I don't know that I ever saw that movie. I remember... I To this day, I had this very strong memory going to the video store, new release aisle... Uh, wall and seeing multiple copies of Robert Redford, Daryl Hannah, and was Deborah Winger the other one? Who I can't remember. But it's the three of them on the cover, and it's the yeah. VHS copies. And there was many. I remember thinking even as a kid, why are there so many copies of this? And yeah, for some reason, it's, it's a not great, a good sign. Well, no, I thought because I assumed that everybody wanted to see it, and that's why they had so many copies. It was like really, it was really popular, but. As a kid, looking at that, I had no desire to see it, and to this day, I don't think I ever have. So maybe we'll have to. Uh, I think yeah, I think I've had it on the background. I never really sat down to watch watch it, yeah. but I, 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 I saw I, it in the theater. Was it worth Was it <laughs> worth seeing? Yeah, it's okay. good. Okay, ish. I mean, yeah, it's, not a, it's not a bad movie, as I recall. Yeah, yeah. Elmer Bernstein's credits go yeah. back to 1952. Wait, 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 dude. He was the music director on Robot Monster. Romance. Really? Yeah, the one with the guy in the gorilla suit who's got yes, the yes, yeah Roman. that one yeah he was the wow. music director on Robot Monster that is awesome that is actually <laughs> a credit you should uh, you should you, know, you should have that on a t shirt that that's is, the top of your resume right there yeah <laughs> that is fantastic but the best part about this music is that it balanced so nicely between being creepy yeah. mm-hmm. and being childlike mm-hmm. and then being hopeful and being funny yeah and yeah. doing all the things that a good score does yeah it 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 let you know and lead you to say oh this part's wacky fun and then this yeah. part's a little bit tense and like with the, when you were talking about the the ghosts appearing at the fountain the first time they you see them, the music actually sounds kind of ominous. Yeah. But then when you yeah. realize they are kids and they are coming to ask for help, all of a sudden the music changes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah because and at the start you can't really make out what it is. I, I yeah. mean, I was straining to see what the hell is that. And, and, then, it, was, and then, it was kind of creeping me out a little bit. Yeah, it was creepy. And yeah. then the, the, the theme that he created for Mr. Blunden himself – is this awesome theme. It's just subtle power in that theme. I loved it. Yeah. Yep. Well, and and another thing that jumped out at me was the overall quality of the camera work, all the technical aspects of the movie. I came across one thing where the the guy had a criticism about, uh, how can I put this without giving anything away? There's a sequence where the characters transition. Okay, 
and it has it has this trippy acid sort of effect. Yes, uh huh, yeah. And, uh, okay, yeah. And yes, they yes. and this in oh. this person's review of it, they didn't like that. And and I think it's a fair criticism. It it felt a little clunky and jarring. I think that was intentional. I think the jarring nature of it was intentional considering what they're transitioning to. Also, it was 1972. And that was my next thing. I that was to me that very much reminded me of I mean everything from show TV shows from that era to other movies where they would do anything where dream sequences or that that type of trippy uh, transitional effect and it's they didn't have, I mean, other than throwing just a few you know, filters on the camera or doing something with the lighting, editing was about their only option to, to yep. get across this it's sense It's not of like something. they could have the cast stand there go... Yeah, exactly. And kind of wave your hands a little bit. But if that's the best, and this person loved the movie too, so just to make that clear. But if that's the criticism level, I mean, other than that, to me, the camera work, the editing, the lighting, I'm, this this felt like a very well-produced, uh, especially for the era. I mean, there's a lot of movies from, because just glancing at thumbnails on uh, YouTube or wherever it was I first, I thought to myself when you first brought it up, Hammond, oh, it's probably some like, little low-budge thing. Yeah, I mean, it just didn't seem very well-made necessarily just from the glances that I was making. And then as I'm watching, I'm like, wow, this is really... I mean, and the quality on YouTube, by the way, I'm saying all this, it's crap. I mean, I imagine a decent transfer of this movie would be gorgeous. But watching... Well, and that's the thing I'd like to see, as I'd like to see a Blu-ray version of it. But yes. then I want to ask this stuff question of both of you. How would you guys feel about a remake of it? <sighs> see, I would say no, and here's why. Yeah. Peter, I'll, you know what? You, you say no. Why, why do you say no? I mean, again, uh, with remakes, just the, the, one of my biggest re- retorts to that would be why? I mean, why do you have to remake this? It's, it's the, the way it's made, the way it's shot, all the technical aspects, and then throw in the, the level of uh, uh, the level that the actors are. I mean, you no, I uh, know. I would just, say, just, I would I say, I don't want to see it. I, I would say Hammond could make the argument because I think if, unless you're just being completely rhetorical, I, I think the argument would be made remake it so that people are aware it even exists. But then that's uh, that's going purely from the uh, U.S. centric viewpoint that nobody knows about this movie because apparently, again, hugely popular in the U.K. If the message boards are to be believed, so if you know, but making people more over here aware of it maybe you remake it but here's the reason why i would say no because the movie's look and feel and everything that peter brought up is so indicative of the time in which it was made you will lose that even if you make it period even if you try to follow it beat for beat there's something about those you know that style the look the feel the fact that because even when a period piece is made in 1972 there's still things about it that feel 70s and you're gonna oh. you're gonna lose that and i think that's part of the movie's charm yeah no and i'm, I'm asking because for two reasons one is i feel like that this kind of story needs to be told again and then um the other thing was it was actually to see where you guys fell and i love the fact you're defending you're defending a film that you guys have now seen for the first time yeah i guess i if i heard there was gonna be a remake it's not like i would be like what 
But can you imagine like Patrick Stewart being Mr. Blunden? See, okay, see, here's where we go. If you, if this, uh, okay. Okay, I, so you said Patrick Stewart, that would, that, yeah. I think I figured out my yep. caveat to this. Okay, if it's completely a UK production. Okay. It has to be. It That's the only be. way it works. Yeah. Think, think about how every time, say, Pride and Prejudice is redone, okay? There have been multiple versions of that, right? Uh, you know, any Pride Jane Austen. Prejudice and Zombies. Yeah, well, oh, no. well we, yeah. of course that one. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> I mean, say it's a you know, Jane Austen-type production, and they'll do multiple versions yeah. of it. But it seems like as long as it stays in the UK, and I'm not saying that there couldn't be an American version that's decent. I get it. But, I, I don't know, I just... There's a part of me that feels the only way this movie I would be cool with a remake and excited to say, oh, yeah, it'd be cool, is what you just said. Yeah, guy like Patrick Stewart and Mr. Blunden. It's- Rosalind Lander's still acting. She could be bumped up to play the mom now. Okay. Yeah, something like that. That would be awesome. And and really keep it UK-centric. I'm I'm down with it, if, the, if that's what they did. But we both know that's not how it would play out. No, and then you, let's see, you have Patrick Stewart, you could have Rosalind Lander because she's still acting. You could have um, Killian Murphy play the the uncle. Yeah, yeah. Nah, still saying no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, and I love the fact that you guys are defending this film that you guys found out about existing less than a month ago. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, Hammond? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Oh. Thank you. I will say thank you as well, because the only way I would be down for a remake is if all that perfect serendipity you just described happened, and we both know that wouldn't be the case. No, because the, the, just by names alone, the budget would be too big, and, and then it would turn into mm-hmm. some sort of weird nightmare project. Actually, my, my response in my head after watching it was, I actually, this would be a cool movie to watch every year around yes. Christmas time. And this yes. and this is why I bought it on DVD from yes. Amazon UK and bought a I specifically bought a region free DVD because of this movie. Okay. So so how much did that set you back? I mean, yeah. I think I still see the region free DVD player at the time. I think I bought it. I don't know four or five years ago. It was okay. Probably hundred and fifty two hundred bucks. Okay. Right. And then not, the disc from Amazon UK was, you know, 20 pounds or something like that. So I think all in all, it set me back maybe 250 just for one movie. Okay. You, I see no problem with that. So, so, so you, you, you actually got the players just so you could get this movie. Yeah. And then, I, I'm, of course, I've now expanded and bought like UK yeah. prints of Army of Darkness and all these other films because I have it. But okay. I specifically went out and did it because of this movie. See, and I and I, I respect that. Thankfully, I also can agree that, yeah, you know, I'm not going to mock you because it's not like I'm saying like for this movie, but <laughs> but I, I I respect the dedication to wanting it that bad. I, yeah, I, I get see that. no problems with this. No, I mean, I, well, and like I, I said, I, if I could get a good Blu-ray, brand new transfer of this. I would get a code-free. Yeah, yeah. I have a code-free DVD player, Blu-ray player, but I would have no problem. You, yeah, could, could you imagine how amazing this would look? I mean, just the cinematography and the, oh, yeah. the setting and everything it would cleaned great. up. How it sound? Oh, yeah, it yeah. would be great. See, this is the kind of movie I would love for. I, I don't know that it's... I mean, I, I don't know, thinking like a company like... Shout Factory usually focuses most on genre stuff. I'm trying to think... Yeah, not just. Uh, the, the, the Shout Factory and Screen Factory are the, kind of the two... Uh, they're, they're kind of from the same company, and Screen Factory are more about the horror. Yeah, but you're right, you're right. Is, uh, yeah. But so, something uh, like that, some company that would be willing to come in and, and pick this one up, that would be great. 
And, but this could still fall as a, a genre picture, depending on how you sure. want to look at it. Yeah, yes, sure. it's Christmas. Yes, it's got, but it's got these elements to it that make it kind of genre y. Yeah, I mean, but the whole the whole ending is uh, it's uh, fairly intense. I mean, even for a grown up. Yeah, I literally found myself at one point in this movie leaning forward. <laughs> that though, that's too. a big deal because I'm in a chair that's really easy. To, it's a, it's a lazy boy type, so it's real easy to recline in. And I at one point I had my notepad and you know, I'm sitting there. I'm leaning forward, engaged yeah. in this movie. That does not happen. That the not Walking often, Dead that typically happens. A lot of the movies we cover, not always. Let's just. Do it. <laughs> I bet you were leaning way back for American Virgin. Way back. <laughs> <laughs> I Stop kid. It. I kid. Well, there's so many directions we could take that one. So yeah. I, I, so yeah. so, do you guys have? <laughs> this is seriously. This is awful. We haven't. We haven't. We haven't even gotten into the cast. Okay, let's. That's good. That'll that'll eat up some time. Let's go ahead. Because that's serious. I got nothing to say. I love the movie. Bringing it up, damn it. If if I rate it, if I I, I'm debating whether or not to adopt, I have to ask his permission. Adopt Mr. Pyle's rating system. But if I was going to go on a scale of you know his one to ten and 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 the way he does, he breaks everything down. I would say for me, this is a solid. I I wouldn't call it a ten because for me that's really reserved for just a handful of movies. But it was it's in that nine range. Kingdom with a Crystal Skull, right? Totally, uh, yes. uh, King of Crystal Skull, Attack of the Clones. Those are tens. This would be a solid eight point five nine range for me. This is a really good movie. Eight point five nine. That's not solid. You don't think that's solid? See, I'm I'm nine nine point five eight point five or nine. That's two different ratings. Okay, okay. If I if I I have to pick one, then I say eight point five. But I I, that's that's keeping in mind that I think if I had grown up with this movie on top of it, it would be a ten. See, I'm really, yeah, really yeah. glad that when I watched it, that it wasn't CND that was making me love this film. No, if it, it wasn't. was CND, I would have been heartbroken. No, this is not a CND situation. No, because it's, it's a really well made movie. The acting is really good. I mean, the acting is. Even the kids are good. Oh, the kids are really good. And so I have this theory. <laughs> Everybody knocks shows like The Walking Dead because they keep casting British actors. There's a reason why. I, I'm not going to say that they're all better actors, but a lot of them are better actors than their U.S. counterparts. In my That's opinion. why Lucas went to England. That's why when Marvel I, when goes I heard to the England. Accents, when I heard the accents in Force Awakens, I was like, yes. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, J.J. Yep. Sorry, it just it's the way it is, folks. I love Samuel L. Jackson, but he is not my Star Wars. No, 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 not even close. Hayden Christensen. It's always I, I had yeah, maybe Hayden Christensen you had and, to bring that up. Didn't I, you? I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> didn't that, we that just Portman tried to that, that there is only one trilogy. This is true. This is true. So Rosalind Landers had spent some time working in the Star Trek universe. Uh, in what capacity? She was an actress. Uh, she um, she was in an episode of Star Trek. She did voices for a bunch of video games. Uh, yeah, Star Atlanta. Trek. She was. Oh, a, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she was uh, in the up, next generation. Yeah, she was in Up the Long Ladder in 1989. That's the Star Trek connection. Yeah. Ah. She was. Well, in, she's, let's see the 
She was in, she was in the Hammer movie too. I think The Devil Rides uh-huh. Out is a Hammer movie, right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But she's done lately. She's been doing a lot of voiceover work for video games, yeah. uh, Kingdom Hearts, uh, uh, The Incredibles. Hmm? Yep. She was in Bad Influence. I remember that. Yeah, I know. With Mister uh, Spader, right? Blanking it. Yes, and uh, Rob Lowe. Names again? No, it's not Rob. Rob Lowe. Yeah. No, Rob Lowe's in yes. that. Okay, that's right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the bad influence. Ah. Uh? So see here, who, who else? Who else do you want to? Should we start from the start from the IMDb's with Graham Croden as Mister Clutterbuck? No, he's been in everything too. Yeah, yeah. I know. Very recognizable. Ooh, the Company of Wolves. Company of Wolves. Oh, yeah, I love that poster. That. Oh yeah, we got to. Put it on the list. Yep, I didn't get to the list. He, uh, he was in. A, have you seen Cal and the Girls from two thousand three? Oh, is that the one? The one that with the old the elderly ladies from there. Yes. Yep. I, I know. I'm not seeing. Yeah. It. I'm familiar with it though. Yeah. I'm familiar. Watch with it. it. Good movie. Good feel. Good movie. Okay. Good. All right. Good. So I need to ask you a question about the Madeline Smith that played Bella. So she's been in a ton of stuff too, and yeah. right near the top, she is in Dark Knight TV series as a singer. Okay, what Dark Knight are we talking about? I have no idea because it's Dark, Dark Knight. Knight. I'm assuming it's not a other version of Gotham. <laughs> I have no idea. I'm... Hopefully, no. no I don't Dark know. Knight Do you know? Drink. I no, don't. I That's drink. why I'm asking. No, you're legitimately. Come on, you're actually going to ask us like we would know. Well, you, no, it rings a bell, but Daryl would be the one to ask. the TV questions are Daryl territory. Daryl, we need you. Dark According Knight, to IMDb, it says it's PG thirteen for medieval adventure violence. Hmm, I have no idea. It's U- a UK thing. Um, it's it was. Let's see. Rented this title under the Darkest Night. Looked great from the cover, but the film itself. That's a whole other story. Blah blah blah. So it's, give it's it a film. Oh, so I guess it maybe it's a TV movie. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. But it has it listed. Her an episode Dragon Singer. And yeah. She's the singer that implies it's an episode, so I don't know. She was in she the show Eureka. Live, live and Let Die, she had a small part, too. Yeah, it was at the beginning. Yeah, I think so. And another title that uh, that jumped out at me was a movie called Why Didn't They Ask Evans? Don't ask me about it because I don't remember. I just remembered the title. I think I watched this when I was a kid. She was in a ton of Hammer stuff, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we mentioned that the uh, Taste of Blood of Dracula, Vampire Lovers. Frankenstein and the Monster from Hell. Oh, oh, and she was in It's Not the Size That Counts. <laughs> yeah, that's what they say. In <laughs> 1974. Yeah. Yeah, she was... She was I'm not looking. She was not ugly. Nope. I'm just going to throw it nope. out there. Yeah, the ugly stick didn't even come close to her. I loved the fact that... Um, that... Um, Mrs. Wickens mm-hmm. would scream, or I'm sorry, the how the mother-in-law. Yeah, Mrs. Think, that's Mrs. Wickens. Yeah, yeah, yeah Mrs. Wickens. would would scream for the housekeeper. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, what was her name? Meekin. Yeah, yeah. That was that was great. Meekin. Yeah. <laughs> and I, then what? the other thing that was really funny was the fact that every now and then they throw in these weird like cartoon noises. Yeah, like the drum, the cartoon drum. And normally that kind of stuff would bug me, but I, for some reason it worked. The, the, the over the, the adults have their performances, mo- most of them. I would say Mr. Blunden, no. But the majority of certainly the mother-in-law and her daughter and to some degree the uncle. Uh, and, the, and even the husband, the, 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 
the cauliflower ear guy yeah, yeah, without the, giving the, too the, much the, away. The pugilist? Uncle, yes, the pugilist. Uncle Bertie? Uncle Bertie. No, Uncle Bertie no, the is, other one. Yeah, the, the guy the, who the starts guy. The, the thing that initiates the final act. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, him. Him. And Mr. Wiggins. Yes, he, yes. But all of them are are very over the top and they play very broad. But here's the thing. It never slips into camp. It nope. never nope. feels campy to me. It feels very uh, broad. And I think I heard the word theatrical used in relation to this. So it feels like that. But in a it's way, like, it, it kind of like a stage play. Yeah, but that's what it is. It feels yeah. Yeah. like a very well filmed play. So many, so many things where that you could tell it was maybe originally a play, and then it's but it's staged and blocked in such a way that it's boring to watch. This is not that. This was a movie first. It was never a play, to my knowledge. Uh, so, nope. so, but yet there's that that element to it that works. And maybe it's the subject matter. Maybe it's that it is meant to be more of. I wouldn't really call it a kids movie either. It's a family movie in the same way ET is a family movie, and yeah. and so it's not just meant for children. But I don't know. I I still liked all that. I don't care. No, I, 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 it's funny. I didn't, I had not consciously noticed those kind of things until this most recent watching. Uh-huh. And, and I will tell you that I watched it twice in preparation for this show, but I watch it at least once a year. So this is, it's something I'm, I'm still very much is part of my like consumerist film watching. Yeah. Uh, well, this, it's, it's on my list now. So. I'm going to watch it uh, a little soon again. It's it's Christmas soon, so. Now, Dor- uh, Dorothy Allison, she played Mrs. Allen, the mom. Mrs. Allen, yeah, the mom, yeah. What did you guys recognize her from? This. That's it? Because there's something about her. There's a couple. And a big, uh, there, yeah, there was a title that jumped out at me, Dr. Jekyll and, Miss, and Sister Hyde. I remember that title, yes. Yeah. But that's not what it was. For. And, 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 and just so we're clear, what I'm about to say she reminded me of, she was not in, so. It was okay. just, but I looked at her and I said, is that the mom from Willy Wonka? There's something about her and, and I don't know it was just certain angles. And it's been a while since I've watched Willy Wonka, at least been a year and a half, two years. But, and I know it's not, I know it's not her, but there was something uh, about her in certain moments that I just, something, I don't know. It was hard to put my finger on. Oh, that and the kid, Jamie, totally was Carl from The Walking Dead. No, but seriously, he looks not spitting image, but he looks very similar. Okay, so I do recognize her looking at her stuff. I remember watching the Walt Disney's Wonderful World of World of Color, uh-huh. and those that, that Prince and the Popper stuff. Uh-huh. I remember seeing that like okay. in syndicated TV when I was growing up. Okay. Hmm. Well, she was in when I went through her IMDb thing. The only thing that well, there were several movies that I recognized titles, or I had probably seen them, but not. Well enough, I, I maybe saw once very long ago, and the only thing I could come up with that really jumped out at me was a movie called See No Evil, which I believe I brought up on the podcast years ago. Yeah, that's... Yeah. And it's not the one that's starring the, title, the wrestler Kane, by the way, because that's... yeah. No, that's... This is, Mia, this is Mia Farrow, and it was directed by Richard Fleischer, and it is where Mia plays a blind young blind woman who is in a country house and i'll just say there's a whole thing where people die and she's in the house by herself and has no idea that she's alone uh, but not alone i've seen this one yeah it is freak it's i remember it being a very great suspenseful just creepy 
movie. Yeah, and I think I saw this at a at a younger age. So yeah, and it's creepy. I mean, it's not graphic. I think it's maybe a PG level, but it's not a graphic movie. But it's just I the mild spoiler alert. I mean, it's I think if you watch the trailer, you get the idea. But it's almost like uh, was it Wait Until Dark? Right, remember Wait Until Dark. Uh- uh, yeah, the one with uh, Al- yeah, Alan, yeah. That's Alan Arkin and uh, is it Audrey Hepburn in that one? I'm trying to remember. That's the one with uh, the also a blind. Yeah, uh, yeah, it? yeah. It's it's got that same element. Let's see if I can find that again. It's on Amazon Prime streaming. I might have to watch that. It's very much of this time period too. I mean, seventy one, so a year before. Well, I mean, think about think about the movies that I have talked about with you just this year. We've talked about the changeling, and we talked about yeah, this. Yes. And I feel like there's a, almost a similar line yes. through them. Yes, there, there, yeah. there is a. They are kindred spirits. Ah, actually, I, I, <laughs> I see what you did there. I, which, if I would love to claim that that was intentional. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, it, it's like uh, I mean, they're all slow burns. I like, and, I like yeah, a slow burn. I just, I'm going to tell you right now, I like yeah, a yeah, good slow Yeah, yeah, me too. And you can't look away. If it's done uh, really well, you can't look away. Great acting, great and, dialogue, and it, yes. atmospheric. I'm all on yeah. board. I like the fact, though, that there that it's not just that it's a slow burn. It's that it's an interesting one. I am yeah. interested to sit and wait to see what happens. I don't need it to happen fast, but I'm invested enough in the yes. the, the film and the characters yeah. To see yeah, how it pays the off. The mystery of it. Yeah, the mystery. Would you really say, though, because when I think of slow burn, I think of almost the kind of movie where it is oftentimes predominantly about the characters. So, a No Country for Old Men. There's not a ton of stuff that happens, happens, I and mean, you have a few key set pieces, but for the most part, it is... Uh, you, you, we linger and we we take our time as, as these, you know, one character is doing this certain thing, but it's and you're, but you're so invested overall. And I apologize to either of you if you didn't like that movie. But you know what I mean. Like I think that's what I think of when I think of slow burn. This I don't. It's so. It's very actually very tightly told. It's not. There's not a lot of fat on this movie. There's not a lot of uh, excess material where you could say, oh, they were just trying to. No, no, no. But what I mean by slow burn is it it on, unfolds. It's not a. It takes its, it's time. Not like this, you yeah. know the the fast one. It, it uh, on. Unfolds and it's not it like Wraith. It doesn't speed through. It does not speed through. In the end, she wow. did. She did, they did not turn out that they tried to frame. No, Jamie. <laughs> no, and and, and Glenn, no. Georgie for the murders. Yes, for the murders. <laughs> that was not the case. So the more I think about the uh, the changeling parallels, there's a lot to it. Are you implying that maybe the kid in the tub? <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> no, the dad. This is where we just shut up and let Joel <laughs> kind of um, explain what he means. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I got nothing. Go ahead. <laughs> no, but I mean, you have different things we're not going to talk about, and then you have the the people needing help, and I mean, the, the how even the climax. Yeah, that's true. No, that's very true. There are a lot of similarities. Oh damn! Yeah, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. That's very similar. <laughs> even even if you want to go so far as the physical similarities between uh, George C. Scott and Lawrence Naismith. Uh-huh. They, they have a similar... I could, I could see George C. Scott having played that character. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Huh. So, yeah, the, the line's pretty thick. Not quite as thick as The Wraith and the Crow, but... 
I, I do. Do we really want to go? Down? I believe through uh, Facebook Messenger, Hammond. <laughs> I know. I'm just poking the bear. All of a sudden, Peter, Peter and Joel end up on the same side of the argument for once on the Wraith. <laughs> uh, no, yeah. I was. So. I, I am so pleased that that you guys not only were able to find this movie, but then to not just enjoy it, but to actually develop kind of an appreciation and a love for it. Would you say that at this point, Hammond, we're friends? We've been friends through, even after Halloween, we've been friends. But I I really am pleased that I was able to share this movie with you guys and then you in turn with your families or friends or whoever you decide to share it with. Because I think more people need to know about this I agree and share it with people. This actually makes me feel like... Uh, I don't even know how to put this. That basically there is an opportunity via this episode to get the word out on a movie that actually it may not change your life, but it'll make you feel good and you'll enjoy it and it'll be worth your time. Especially, I fully agree. And, and I, but, but the reason why I asked if we're friends though is so I was going to say followed up with if we're friends, can I be completely honest about what I felt when you really originally suggested doing this? Sure. Yeah. My knee jerk reaction was. Okay, I like Hammond. <laughs> I'll actually, humor him. That was actually the response that my wife gave when I suggested her watching it with me. <laughs> I, I was thinking to myself, okay, I really have, I've never even heard of this thing. And from the thumbnails on YouTube, I'm like, yeah, this this is, and is this some sort of payback? Is this pre-Halloween 3 that you recommended this? Yeah. Uh, and, and I was thinking, what what did I do to him? He made me sit through trick or treat. <laughs> What did I do to him? And and so I I was making all these assumptions in my head, and I was wrong. Well, I'm I'm completely opposite. I mean, I love finding movies I've never even heard of, and and just by reading a little bit about it, I didn't read too much about it before I watched it because I didn't want to spoil anything. But just just the the little tidbits I read about it, sure. it piqued my interest. So I'm uh, glad I didn't I, read, I, I didn't I read love, anything. I didn't. Yeah. I went into this completely and utterly ignorant, and I am so thankful that I did. I don't well, think I knew. And actually, Hammond, until I asked you if it was kid appropriate, uh, and you mentioned the ghost thing, I didn't even realize it had a ghost. I, I, I almost, in hindsight, wished I hadn't asked you because had you not told me that, I think I would have been even more surprised. Because oh, I, really, I didn't even know it was a ghost story. Oh wow. And which I don't think, by the way, anybody listening, that's not a spoiler. It really isn't. But I, I just, I wonder, had I not... No, you, even... played, you, played, you played like 45 minutes of the opening of the movie. It's... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I did not. I played a minute. Yeah, they talk about ghosts. Well, I, yes, they do. They, in the very beginning of the movie. That's why I said it's not yeah. really a spoiler. But I, I knew so little going into it that other than if you hadn't mentioned that, I wouldn't even cool. have known that. Yeah, I, I, I tipped... Two things, too. One, it had ghosts, and two, there were some perceived danger. Yes. Now, that was that I sort of assumed. I mean, I was hoping that something bad would happen to characters. Otherwise, what the hell was I going to sit through for an hour and a half? But yeah, but the ghost thing, for again, when I read that, I was like, oh, ghost story? Oh, oh, oh cool. Okay. Like, I, I guess in my head, I don't know what I thought. I, I almost, I think what I thought from the poster, I thought Mr. The reason why it was called The Amazing Mr. Blunden is that he was a magician. He was a magician, yeah. <laughs> circa, yeah, circa yeah, the yeah, late 1800s. The <laughs> If and, you look at the poster, yeah. that's what you, you uh, get from I it. I totally thought it was going to be about this magician who comes to town in this like really lame Bray Bradbury wannabe story. And like it was just <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That's what I but, thought but it was going to be. The, look at the poster and look at the title. Yes. 
and if you knew know nothing about it, that's and, I, and I didn't even know it was a UK based production. So again, in my head, I'm picturing bad actors, early seventies, low budget. I'm just I was thinking all these awful things. And it, it wasn't like a like now that I look yeah, back Mickey on Mouse it, gloves. That's what it looks like on the the poster. Yeah, Mickey, Mickey Mouse, Mouse gloves. gloves. And so I had all that in my head, <laughs> but I wasn't necessarily like now that I say it out loud. That's what was going through my head. I don't know that I really went through it and said, wow, this is going to be a moment. But I think that's what I was feeling, just going into it. Hence, I wasn't really dreading it, but it was like, I know Hammond likes this movie, and I hope I'm not going to have to be a complete shitty <laughs> deal. <laughs> yeah, because we really knew nothing. Even Daryl was like, what? what? Did Daryl watch it? Yeah, no. no, we don't know. I don't think he, he did. I don't know. We have to ask him next uh, next week. If if not, we will we will push him, too. Because I think, I think Daryl yeah. will actually dig this. I want to hear his opinion on it, so. We'll have a, a five ten minute segment where we just a little bonus, a little bonus tag. Yeah, yeah. what yes. does Daryl think? Yes. No, I'm I'm again. I I am pleased, but beyond measure, that I was able to to share this with you guys. Well, yeah, we're pleased yeah, just, that you did. Just looking at the the the, uh, the cast and the, the level of of uh, acting in this, uh, it's it, like you said, Joel. It's on the verge of being too much campiness or whatever we should call it, but it never crosses the line. Mm-hmm. It keeps it just under it, and you don't really think about it. I mean, they're all caricatures, basically. I will say, I find this surprising. The actor who yeah. played Jamie, he, after Amazing Mr. Blunden, did not make another movie until 1985. It was a TV movie called Hostage Flight, and his character is listed as First Observer. But he had done... <laughs> A TV miniseries prior to Amazing Mr. Blunden. Uh, total quinky dink, I'm sure. The year before he did Mr. Blunden, he oh. was in a show called Jamie. Yeah. And and then he was did a couple movies prior to, or at least one movie prior to that, it looks like, and then some other TV show. My point being he's is... He's been it, in with Marty Feldman. Oh, he was, and he's a good... I thought, honestly, the kids across the board were great. Yep. Every yeah, even, even Georgie yeah, was able to carry kid. his own. Yeah, and he was a little kid. And t- let's just be honest, little kid actors... Eh. It's hit and miss. And he only did two things. He only has, uh, and both of them the and same this, year. And, you know, something called Folly Fool. Yeah. And epi- uh, only did an episode of that. I have no idea what there is. I think this might have been Lawrence Nesbitt's last movie before I he passed you, away. I think I did hear something where yeah. he did say yeah, I read something that as well. That. Yeah. The, I mean, the, DVD, the DVD I have has an interview with him on it. And he, I sat and watched, you know, 17 minutes of this interview, and I was wrapped up in it and invested in that interview as much as I was the film. Uh, I will say, real quick, uh, as far as he goes, he actually didn't pass away until 92. However, he was in this, and then he was in several TV series up through 82. Yes. And the then, Persuaders. And then he did a Romeo and Juliet TV movie in 78. But other than that, he did some TV shows. What did you say? The Persuaders? Oh, uh, my come on. He did Jason and the Argonauts. Scrooge. Yeah, I can see Jason that. and the Argonauts. Village of the Damned, the original. Oh, was he really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Valley oh. of Guanji. <laughs> oh, man. Come on. It's dinosaurs and cowboys. So, Lynn Frederick. Oh, is that that yeah. was, uh, that was uh, Lynn, Lucy. right? Uh, I mean, Lucy, yeah. yes. I mean, 40 years old. She died at 40? Oh, my God. Oh, that's right. Yes, she did. She had a substance abuse problem that killed her. A what? Yeah. A substance abuse problem that killed oh, her. Oh, really? Obviously, yep. she was swigging the 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 vodka stuff. Oh, that sucks, yeah. man! She was great. Yeah, 
Yeah. Oh, that it's been a, it's blows. Been a, some kind of cool movies. That really makes me sad. I'm actually kind of. Gl- I'm really glad I did not know that going to this movie. Yeah, the the Sellers family didn't really like her. <laughs> Why is that? Well, she married Peter oh, Sellers okay. uh, at a very young age, and uh, apparently the marriage kind of turned sour. And he was about to write her out of the will about a week before he died, so he never got around to it. So oh, the his the the the, the Sellers family didn't get anything, and Lynn Frederick got all of it. Oh wow. The girl so, who played Lucy, her. Uh-huh. Yeah, wow. Lucy. Yeah. That's amazing. Because, I don't know, just something about her, she was so... Oh, she didn't even reach 40. She re- she was only 39. 39. She was born in July 25 and 54 and died God, April 27 and 94. That sucks. So, uh, yeah. Wow. Man, married okay, Peter well, Sellers. On that uh, note... Uh, <laughs> well, thank you. She was married to Peter Sellers first and then David Frost for a very yeah. short time and then Barry Unger. Hmm. I just like to draw your attention to the name of the man who played the bus driver. Okay. All right, hold on. Uh, who is Patty Ward? <laughs> <laughs> Patty Ward? Oh, oh, oh yeah, from ah uh, that guy from the okay from the start of the movie. Yeah, he was. Uh, he didn't want to go cl- near the house at all. Also, just so you know, he was also in a 1996 version of Prince and the Pauper. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm noticing a pattern. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, who's in the Pickwick Papers? Huh? Is there is there anybody else you guys want to mention before we? But no, we're talking about the bus driver. I feel like yeah. we kind of reached yeah. the end of the <laughs> list. I just wanted, to, just wanted to mention Vampire Circus. Lynn Frederick was in that one. Oh, okay, Vampire Circus. That's uh, a good one. You should uh, should look that up. Okay, don't have to do it on the podcast. Just look it up. A good vampire movie. Okay, there's a uh, a dance scene at the start of it. That's. Uh, Worth, um, worth the interesting, worth, arousing. Worth something. the prize of admission. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so no, I think we covered covered most of it, haven't we? No, have we even have we even mentioned the director? Oh no, we didn't actually. We probably should do that. <laughs> We're talking about the damn bus driver. Yeah. And the director Lionel Jeffries. Hey guys, what about me? <laughs> yeah, really. Uh, he yeah, too. He a lot of people involved in this movie, by the way, dead now. <laughs> Pretty much, it looks like yeah, 80% of the cast and crew is no longer with us. So, yes. Well, a lot of them are elderly. Well, he has 110 acting credits. Yeah. And chitty, that, chitty, bang, bang. And he actually only directed five. He did the Water Babies. Are you effing kidding me? No! That's why this movie seems so familiar and safe and warm to me. With the water babies. Oh my god, dude! This is a movie that for decades I couldn't remember. I had no idea what it was called, but I had this image in my head. It was on HBO because we had HBO in the late seventies, early eighties, and I remember this movie would come on. They put it on a lot, and it was about this kid, and it's he's a British kid, and and he ends up going into falling into this water area. I don't. In my head, it was a pond or something, and when he goes. Underwater, there's these cartoon character creatures, that, and he ends up becoming this cartoon character. And it turns into this, he goes into this other world. Does this sound familiar to either of you? No. And I. Well, I, I've heard of it. I, if I weren't looking at it, I would think you were making this all up. Oh, uh, yeah, like maybe maybe in the oh. late 70s or late 80s, I was doing. 
No, I would say if if you said the Wombles, I you would say. See, when somebody told me the Water Babies, that's I'm wondering if the Water Babies was what it was called when I saw it because somebody told me, yeah, that sounds like that movie, The Water Babies, and I that rang no bells. I meant nothing to me, and that is what it's listed under IMDb, and it turns out it's the same damn director. But see. Again, I haven't seen this movie since probably 1981. It's it's watching watch now free on Amazon. Is it Prime. really? Oh crap! That's awesome. I kind of I'm gonna have I might have to punch that up. Okay, you know I almost feel like we should just watch it and then have some quick little follow up that if we have time I could tag on to the end of this just to see if it's. Because my get my gut, unfortunately, is it's going to be awful. Like I don't know why <laughs> I have just probably that poster isn't helping matters. The DVD art here, or whatever that is, is not helping the argument. In yeah, my head. I mean, if you if you already think it's gonna suck, you're gonna be you might be uh, pleasantly surprised. No, this is true. Yeah, James Mason was in it, which I have no memory of him being in it because you know, I was five or six when I saw it. But Una Stubbs, the voice. I have not Who? seen that movie. Una Stubbs. Oh, I just pulled the name out. I just pulled the name out. I don't know. Who uh, she yeah, is. Oh, yeah, no idea. She oh, she's on Sherlock. John, she's in Sherlock, dude. John Pertwee wasn't he one of the doctors? Yes, he was. Yeah, so he's in it. Um, See, and and then people think, what? What doctor is what? As in who? You should you should know this. It's Doctor Whom. Who? Doctor Whom? Oh <laughs> uh, well, I kind of like the fourth. I kind of like the fourth Doctor. So yeah. Baker was the sixth. Doctor, yeah, right? yeah, no, seventh. He's the fourth Doctor. Is he the fourth? Yes. Guys, like my geography. I'm- okay, so I I be honest with you. I've never watched one frame of Doctor Who. Wow. I to be really, really honest with you, I watched uh Baker and I remember seeing him on PBS as a kid and liking some of the episodes. And then I watched when they rebooted it, I watched the first season and a little bit of the second season and it's not that I disliked it, but like so many things in life it just yeah, you know, stopped watching. Although just the blink episode, total sidebar. The Blink episode. Yeah. Don't have to watch the, the, any Doctor Who. The only thing, frame, yeah. dude. You don't need to see any frames of any other Doctor Who's. Just go find the Blink episode. With it's one of the David Tennant era episodes. It is the it is some of the creepiest. Creeping angels, right? Okay. All right, I'll look for it. It says it's a good all around film. I'm totally down to do a little follow up. Okay. Let's see if I can find it. I should be able to find it. If you guys found Mister Blunden, especially. Uh, Joel, then you guys should be able to find this. Well, it's, this a, is... it's, it's on. Well, it's on Prime. Like I, said, I got Prime, so I'll be able to watch yeah. it. I'll watch that with my kids. I honestly, I I guess where I'm the most surprised is that it's the same director. And now that I think about it, what I remember, and I'm not again, have not seen this movie in at least at least thirty years. It's probably been more like thirty three, thirty four years. My memory is especially. The setting, because and you look at the DVD, or you can even see the house in the background, is that yep. it's got that similar vibe to Blunden. There's a similar mm-hmm. look and feel to some aspects of it. So, I, and I think it may even take, I don't know if it takes place in the same time period or not, but yeah, I just, I remember loving it as a little kid, so. I love the um, the time, the non-specific period of early 1900s London, otherwise known as horror movie London. Yeah, I mean, just the the, the this is London when he walks through the street. It's all uh, snowing slightly, and then mm-hmm. just just the whole it, it sets it up perfectly just from the start of the movie. Yes, you get that eerie feeling, and then you have the creepy girl singing the song, and you're just Ooh. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, it's a. And I mean, I mean, and I mean, Mr. Blunden is kind of 
not not uh, not creepy or scary, but he's the, the, the mystery about him. He, he just uh, I don't know the air around it to, to use fine words. He, he he throws a mystery about him. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he and the, just the way he is, he is uh, Blunden, Blunden, Claverton, and um, uh, what is that young man's name? <laughs> just the way he says it. I mean, I yeah, Mister Blunden, this man, remiss- I would like. I would be remiss too if we didn't talk about how kind of subtly they handle the death of the husband. They should put the yeah. black wreath on the door, and then all of a sudden the movers are there, yes. and then all of a sudden they're yeah. in squalor. They yeah. they don't yeah. really discuss it, but they handle it. Adults catch that dad's died, but that doesn't draw so much attention to it that it changes the vibe of the movie. Yeah, and it's well, always no. You just see it at the real start of the movie when it just the, the it just passes, and there's a for for sale sign, a for rent sign, right? Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. It's real subtle, real fast, yeah. and it's enough the parents can get it. But it's it's not like witches where they focus on the fact that her parents died. And she has to go live with her aunt. No, I, I again, I, I concur with Peter. Thank you very, very much because this was worth my time, <laughs> and I'm thankful that I didn't have to be a snarky jerk on a movie that you loved since childhood. So that makes me. <laughs> Well, I appreciate that, and like I'm glad. I'm like, all the others here. Hey, I've had my. I, I got a message from Nathan halfway listening through the Halloween three, and goes, "Snarky Hammond's funny." <laughs> <laughs> so Hammond, where can the beautiful people find you? You can find me on Beyond the Playlist with J Hammond C, and you can follow me on Twitter at J Hammond C. And Peter, yeah, where the ugly people find you? Yeah, now where can the, yeah, 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 now where, yeah, where did the ugly people find you? Uh, Grumpy cast. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Peter. Yes. Where Where can they find you? Well, uh, they could go to forgottenfleece.com and see scribbles that I wrote and hear noises that I make. <laughs> the podcast. Yes. So, let's see. Where can I be found? I'm here every week doing this show. And Daryl, who is not here, will still pitch his stuff. It's Taylor Network of Podcasts. I'm trying to push him to do Taylor Podcast Network, but he... No, no, no. We talked about this. Let's don't confuse it. You can listen to one of his 5,862 podcasts there. So yep. thank you, Hammond, for the movie, for being here, for being you. And you are very welcome. And uh, any final words before we sail off into the sunset? We three kings of Orient are. Thanks for listening. And a special thanks to JV for providing all the fantastic music you heard in this episode. You can check out more from JV at YourSecretIdentity.com. And be sure to check out Daryl's other fantastic podcasts at TaylorNetworkOfPodcasts.com. And don't forget to stop by ForgottenFlicks.com, where you can check out Peter's retro movie reviews, past podcast episodes, and more. And we're proud to be a member of the Movie Podcast Network, where you'll find these fantastic shows, Movie Podcast Weekly, Horror Movie Podcast, Movie Streamcast, the Sci-Fi Podcast, GeekCast Live, and of course, Forgotten Flicks. If you love movies and you love listening to podcasts, then check out the Movie Podcast Network. And be sure to join us next time when Forgotten Flicks will be remembering another movie you grew up with.